We're joined on the line now by Tommy John Herbert. Tommy John is a wharfie at uh, Port Botany in Sydney, and he was involved in a what could probably fairly be described as a historic occasion, a strike which was protected under EBA uh, uh, conditions, and we'll get into that in a moment. But more importantly, it was a strike uh, for climate action involving some 400 workers at Port Port Botany. Tommy John spoke at the uh, Sydney climate strike uh, a few days ago. Tommy John, I just wanted to start with uh, your experience of the strike. I mean, what was it like uh, being involved in this uh, action? And what was the, um, I guess, reception and, and feeling among your, your fellow workers in terms of getting involved uh, in this in this strike for climate action? Yeah, sure. Um, I, guess, I guess I should say, uh, just to start off with, um, the actual strike, uh, was uh, just lined up with the climate strike. But um, one of the actual main reasons was we were on EBA uh, negotiations for protected action. So um, that was the only way we were able um, to get that in uh, as protected action. But um, it, it, was, it was really great um, that we were able to, um, to, to use that and... Um, line that up on the day and, and come show solidarity with everyone there out on on strike in um in the in the domain. Yeah, I mean let's let's discuss that issue of uh, as you say EBA meeting enterprise bargaining agreement. A lot of our listeners may not be aware uh, that so much of strike action is illegal under current industrial relations law. I mean there's a lot of talk talk obviously that this was a strike for climate action, but most uh, people who aren't students essentially are, are going to find it difficult to really take strike action. So uh, you had this uh, particular, I guess, ability to take strike action because it was during what's known as a protected uh, period. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So at the moment in Australia, the only times you are are allowed to take strike is when you're negotiating an EBA and um, it has to go through so many uh, different hoops um, to even get to that stage. You have to put out a vote to your members and that's got to be like a um, overwhelming vote um, that everyone agrees uh, to to that industrial action. You've got to put in at least five days' notice um, before the actual strike can take place, which um, you know gives the company um, time to basically um, reorganise um, their schedule to to deal with that. Which is you know to, for, for us that's um, that's something that kind of defeats the purpose of um, of the strike action where we're trying to um, impact the business so that um, the company can come to the table and we can negotiate a fair um, enterprise agreement. But um, so there's so many different, uh, I guess, these hoops which we have to jump through but ultimately um, benefit these uh, companies. And um, so that, that was one of them that was, Something that we had to deal with, uh, yeah, going going through uh, the windows of, of, of putting the putting the vote out to uh, the postal votes out to all the members, so that all takes time, and um, yeah, it's, it's quite an involved process. Where um, personally, I think we sh- we should have have the right to strike when um, our work conditions and our our jobs are under threat. 
Now, I understand that despite the fact that it was a legally protected uh, action under the terms of, you know, those EBA uh, provisions, that uh, the workers there received uh, email notifications from uh, the company Hutchison's basically telling them this is an illegal action and, and threatening them. Uh, well, I'm not. maybe you can go through some of the detail of what they were threatened with, but uh, it sent emails that uh, suggesting this was actually an illegal strike action. Yeah, that's right. They um, Yeah, they sent us a, an email and they tried to uh, say that it was unprotected action because uh, there was a rally on and um, they were trying to prove um, that even before all the negotiations started that we somehow planned to to go for this climate strike. But um we we had all our, our paperwork covered then but even even then they did threaten us uh people that if they did attend the rally, um that they would take that case to the Fair Work Commission. But we um we decided to just turn up anyway and we said we I said that on stage. I said uh we're here today, we 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 got this letter, we we got told we were threatened. Um with with a court action, and and here we are, and we we stayed there, and we showed solidarity with everyone there on the strike, and um, nothing happened from that. The company didn't put forward any um, court action notice um, saying they were going to put us into the commission. So um, I think it was just uh, something to deter people from attending the rally. Now, it strikes me, pardon the pun, that there's kind of an obvious connection here in terms of this new student uh, climate action movement really just for, for their own uh, benefit, in a sense, should be in solidarity with, with workers that if we really want to see uh, workers taking strike action and, and building a more effective climate justice movement, you know, the need to be able to take industrial action and therefore it's necessary for students to support workers' ability to take strike action. So, so talk to that in terms of that connection that needs to be made where students should be supporting workers and their ability to take strike so that workers can then uh, you know, go on strike to, to help build that, that climate justice movement. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think that's um, one thing that was uh, missing from, from, from the student strikes when, um, when they first started taking off. You know, there was a, there was a lot of energy and a lot of um, people keen to get on the streets. And um, I think they would, you know, want to really go out and shut down some of these coal-fired power plants, which are causing um, the most damage, I guess, to the to the climate, but then the question was, what about these workers in there who um, who rely on those those uh, jobs to sustain their livelihoods in the communities that have been been based around this industry? So um, I think it was important to bring those workers into the movement because if you if you're serious about uh, moving towards a renewable industry or, or um, talking about an industry problem, then um, I think you've got to actually. Uh, get people within that industry to support uh, that transition, and I think it was it was a it was a, a big sort of wake up call. I think for the for the movement, so that's why they put the the, the demand for the just transition in there. Because um, ultimately, I think if we're going to go out and really try and build this uh, renewable en- energy industry, we need to have the industrial power there, and that comes from the workers. So um, if we're going to try and bring them in we've got to show them that we're serious uh about um creating the same conditions that they can sustain their livelihoods uh within the renewable energy as well so um i think that was a big thing for for me personally that's like one of the things i thought uh really uh motivated me to get involved with the movement because i i i myself have always been a um active unionist and i i know, I know a lot of us just 
we know the importance of, of using your industrial power and I think to, to drive a massive change um, that's required for the climate movement, you need like as much industrial power as you can generate. And um, that's why I think it was, it was uh, really important for, for the workers to, to get involved in the climate movement. Now, you wrote a, a brilliant opinion piece for the uh, Daily Telegraph, uh, Tommy, John, and, and one of the things you wrote in there is how uh, your workers, or you were talking about yourself personally, I'm sure it's true of uh, other workers uh, in fossil fuel industries, that it's not as though you wake up every morning and, and think, oh, great, this is another opportunity to, to destroy uh, the climate. You were making specific reference to uh, uh, working on offshore or, uh, gas pipelines there. And talk to, I guess, uh, how these ideas around taking action for, for climate justice are, are received within within your workforce or maybe within the in the wider trade union movement because there's this uh, kind of crude stereotype isn't there that um yeah, i mean you've just mentioned their workers in the coal industry and so on that all they care about is sort of their, their jobs and their their wages but it's you know it's it's far more complicated than that isn't there and i'm sure these issues around climate justice do do have resonance among you know among trade unionists yeah yeah definitely i think it's hard it was hard for people to kind of see an alternative there um and yeah you, you do go out on some of these projects and see sort of the impacts you're doing firsthand and it's 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 hard but you you, you kind of i guess you push on with it because that's that's the job and we we had measures in place to try and try and deal with those um those impacts reporting um certain things and some of the environmental damage you would try and report those things but a lot of the stuff will just get tied up in a lot of bureaucratic um, procedure and it, it would it wouldn't actually come back and and help the project at all you know we would either finish up there and then um, that that stuff would still be going on so I, I think one of the the important things uh, for for changing the sort of mentality within that in that industry is actually seeing concrete examples of of renewable industry and I, I think that's um, what, what I talked about um, with the MUA's campaign for, for the offshore wind farm down in Victoria just showing workers um, you know it's not just an abstract idea that you can work in another um, energy producing uh, a clean energy producing energy uh, industry with good, with good solid union conditions it's actually it's actually possible there so we're, that, that was um I think one of the main things that really started to get people thinking, oh, okay, maybe um, it is possible, maybe because if, if we were able to get that industry in there and backed by uh, the unions, backed by um, the mass of the climate movement, um, it, it sort of becomes a bit more of a reality. And um, I think one of the other things that, that, that made that, uh, more believable, as you've seen, um, there's a lot of different examples around the globe of, of similar offshore wind farms, similar renewable projects, getting uh, union agreements on them. Um, in New York, recently, there was they had an offshore wind farm which uh, they were constructing in uh, the New York climate uh, movement. I think they got uh, an agreement there for for union jobs uh, to be to be on good union agreements within that within that uh, industry. So I think similar similar kind of uh, concrete examples um, played a key role, I think, in really changing people's minds um, about what the future of uh, renewable energy would look like in Australia. 
And finally, Tommy John Herbert, do you think that the, the school strikes for climate action it will be proved to be something of a wake-up call for the trade union movement? And we know that trade unions are very much on the back foot in various ways in, the, in this country. Their numbers have been declining. Some would say their social relevance has been declining. And this is, it's both a challenge and an opportunity, isn't it, uh, that, in terms of involvement in, in this climate justice movement, which has um, such huge traction in the, in the wider population. I mean, you've been involved in potentially a... Uh, well, a significant, a significant moment in in building a new movement and taking part in this in in this strike. Uh, where do you see things going from here in terms of, I guess, the wider trade trade union movement taking up that challenge of, you know, of joining students and youth in this in this climate justice movement? Um, yeah, I think I think having the unions there at those uh, school strike for climate rallies was a was a big thing, showing that. Um, it wasn't just the students there, like workers from the, uh, the major unions turned up there, even workers from coal communities there, which, um, you know, we've, we've had the most resistance towards uh, the rallies and um, some of them were there. So just having having that presence there and having uh, workers within those industries giving their um, experience and showing their support for the movement was a was a big thing. I think moving forward, um, it's going to take a lot of lot of conversations going out to I think all these coal communities, especially um, ones where uh, we're seeing some of the coal fire power plants actually coming to the end of their their life. So um, it, it, there's been a lot of talks like instead of um, building new coal-fired power plants, why not uh, look at the technology available for that area? Can you move towards uh, renewable energy? And um, and talking to the coal communities about uh, what that transition might look like um, down in Wollongong is another big coal community. I think um, would would be great to go and talk to the community there about what they think uh, just transition would look like. So that's what, that's what I'd see as, as kind of moving forward from here. Having We've got the momentum there. We've got a lot of people on the streets, people from uh, all different unions willing to support the movement. Now we've just got to go look, look, looking for uh, projects which we can inject that power and um, uh, really drive the transition by getting people to, um, yeah, just show their support for the communities, have workplaces ready to uh, potentially go on strike, show, use that industrial action to support those those projects, support these um, these workers who are going to be affected by uh, the transition and um, yeah I'd say uh, yeah that's going to be the next step for us we're already talking about going out to the Hunter Valley and I'm um, talking to the Liddell uh, coal fire um, power plant workers who are, are currently nearing the end of their their uh, their, their project there so um, yeah it'll be interesting to to see how that goes.